This is the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a podcast for creatives, for those who are beginning to be creative or those who have built a business around their creativity. Here, we allow creatives to tell their story about how they got to where they are today, and we give some tips on how to make your creative business better than it was yesterday. Hey, everybody, guess what? The creative writing community is now open for membership. I'm so excited about this community because it is going to be dedicated to writers writing their book, publishing their book, and launching their book, all while having a good time and growing in their craft. Writing is typically an all-alone art, but you don't have to be a lone wolf and do everything yourself. In fact, I highly recommend that you don't, just for your own sanity. In the creative writing community, we're going to have live writing sprints, author hangouts, expert Q&As. We're going to learn all about the things that it takes to be an author these days and generally support each other in the craft. It will be a place where you can share your knowledge and learn from others and find collaboration and accountability with people who are serious about growing as writers. We're going to support each other, encourage each other, challenge each other, and be generally as committed to seeing each other succeed as we are to our own success. If you're interested in being part of such a group, head on over to catcaldwell.com and just click the pink button right at the header. Hello, everyone. We are at April 22nd, 3rd. What day is today? It is. The fourth weekend of April, we are moving through 2021, sometimes like snails and sometimes like racing horses. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it today. It's almost May, guys. (laughs) Kids are almost out of school and they just went back to school. I mean, what are we supposed to be thinking? How are you all doing? I have another interview for you this week. We're kind of on a streak of authors, aren't we? You know, this is not just a podcast for writers, for sure. I actually have different creatives coming in next week and through May. So don't you worry if you are getting a little tired of hearing of just one type of creativity. It's just kind of how my guests rolled in this year. If you know of somebody who is creative and going out there and making a business out of it, and being courageous enough to do that. I would love to hear about them. You can find me on Instagram at pencils and A-N-D lipstick. Just DM me or respond to one of the um, social media posts there. Say, I know of a great person who should be on your show, or maybe it's you. I would love to hear about what creativity they have and to get on a couple different creativities right? So if you are tired of hearing about writers, which I hope you're not because I'm a writer, (laughs) I hope you're not tired of us, but if you just want to hear somebody else, just let me know. So going into next week, like I said, MA will be talking a little bit more about different creativities, jewelry making, podcast making, which is like storytelling, podcast dancing, lots of different things. Today, we're going to talk with Laura Bartnick, and she sort of accidentally made her own publishing company, (laughs) her along with a couple other women. And the conversation is really, really interesting because she went into it reluctantly, and they have a really different setup than I think probably any other publishing company. So my question for you this week is, what have you done accidentally or reluctantly that has actually turned out to be really cool in your creativity? I didn't go into podcasting reluctantly. Actually, I did have a small podcast with a friend of mine about a year and a half before I started this one. The years blurred together these days, (laughs) maybe a year before. So I kind of knew a little bit about podcasting, but if you don't know why I started the podcast, I did it because I wanted to hear from other creatives about how they were getting along in the world. Like it's weird because in 2019, I started this in September of 2019 and I was kind of at that place where I was about to publish my second book. 
the magical realism book, An Audience with the King. And I had my interactive journal, A New Way to Journal, coming out. And I was like, okay, I have these products now. I kind of realized that, you know, I'm an author now. Now, how do I really set it up as a business? Like, where am I going? And I need information. And I had spent 2018 reading 50 business books and realized really quickly that creative business is a little bit different. You need a lot of collaboration. You need a lot of networking. And it's just not as easy. You know, I was reading these books on like how to deal with your team. And I was like, my team is me, myself, and I, you know, like, yes, maybe I should learn how to speak well to myself, but, you know, I don't have a team. So I, you know, I chugged through those books and and I, I got really good information from them, but I realized I need to talk to other creatives. And so as I am want to do, I just put out on Facebook, does anyone want to talk to me on, I'm starting a podcast and I got responses. <laughs> and that's when I said, oh, I better go find a place that's going to host my podcast and come up with a name. <laughs> you know? Oh, I do this all the time. I just dive in, but it has been so awesome. Really, really, really awesome. And I'm actually going to bring back a couple people from way back when, where I, I had great conversations with them. I've done that for a couple people already. And for a couple others, I'm waiting because they're doing, working on projects that they kind of want to launch along with a podcast interview. I've been really blessed for a year, over a year and a half, just talking to really awesome people. So it's not that I went into it reluctantly, but I did kind of do it accidentally, not really knowing like how it was going to work out. I thought that I was going to do like maybe an interview every month and the rest of it, I was going to put out motivating information on like how to do the things that you need to do (laughs) to be a creative in this life. And you know, I'm still learning. I have a lot of information in my head. Sometimes it just takes somebody to ask me a question and then I can talk for hours and hours, but I really enjoy the, uh, the interview format. I think that people have a lot to share and I think you might get tired of hearing my voice all the time. So anyway, that's how it's become more, you know, interview style. I've just been able to meet amazing people and I really like the collaborative aspect of it, of me promoting somebody else and them promoting me. And this way, you know, we sort of, I don't know, I think of like spider web or like the rings in the water when you throw a rock in, you know, you just keep on going out and out and out because really we're doing our creativity in this really tiny bubble and we need people to speak about us, you know, whether it's your painting or your music or your books, whatever it is, your, your, fashion design, you know, you need people to talk about you in order for other people to hear about you. You know, I bought two cakes in April because I happened to have two kids born in April, three years apart. I bought some beautiful cakes. They were so gorgeous. Oh my gosh. You have to go to my Facebook page. And I think it's Kat Caldwell. (laughs) That's my personal Facebook page. Well, I'll have to post them on the Instagram at pencils and lipstick. That's what I'll do. I'll post them there. So scroll down there and see the cakes. They are so amazing. They're so beautiful. They were so delicious. And guess how I found her? Through word of mouth from my neighbor. You know, we need that as creatives. We need to to talk about each other and to tell the people who are maybe our fans about somebody that we love, right? And that's how we help each other out. I love that aspect of it. So yeah, I haven't gone into this reluctantly, but I definitely had no idea that the podcast would become really a love of mine. I really enjoy it. Even though it takes some time away from writing, it's just not something I'm willing to quit yet. And I think that you guys are enjoying it as well. So what have you done that prudently or reluctantly that has actually become a a great part of your creativity. I would love to hear about it. You can go to Instagram at pencils and A-N-D lipstick and just DM me there or right underneath the social media post for this episode. 
and let me know what you did. You can also go to my website, catcaldwell.com. I don't know. You can email me. There's so many ways you can get a hold of me. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to find a place where I do a poll or something. So I would love to hear from you. And if you really like the show, if you're enjoying it, you can support the show through patreon.com forward slash pencils and lipstick. You can also buy me a coffee, buymeacoffee.com forward slash pencils and lipstick. And the links for those are in the show notes. There are, you know, you start out from really small tiers from $3 a month up to whatever you really want. If you do sponsor the show because you just want to keep it going and you want to make sure that me and my editor eat (laughs) or drink coffee, we would be so, so grateful for that. And you would definitely get a shout out on the show almost as though you sponsored it. So kind of like your own little commercial. So when you sponsor us either on patreon.com or buymeacoffee.com, you will get a shout out and I will contact you to ask you what you do in your creativity and where people can find you. And you'll get your own little commercial here on the podcast. If you are looking for a writing community, don't forget that the creative writing community is open. We are still taking people in there. We're having a great time. We had our first live hangout. That was a blast. And we are having our experts come in and do live Q&As. We are really having a great time. So if you are looking for a writing community, check out the creative writing community. You can either contact me via Instagram if you want to find out more about it. The link is there as well. The link will be in the show notes. If you want to talk one-on-one with me to ask me questions specifically about it, because you just need to know things before you join, which I am totally for. That is what we should do. We should find out what things are all about before we just give our money over, right? So you can, there's a link in the show notes where you can set up a time to talk to me, no pressure. I'll answer all your questions. You can make your own decision. I want um, you to find the community that is right for you. So don't forget that that is an option for you to do. So right now we are going to go and we're going to talk to Laura Bartnick. I think you're going to enjoy this interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Pencils and Lipstick podcast. Today I have with me Laura Bartnick. Hi, how are you doing, Laura? Hi, Kat. So nice to be here. I'm doing really well. Thank you. Good, good. The spring is flourishing here in Virginia. How about out there in Colorado? You know, this has been the first nice day that we've had in a while. We've kind of had a very cold, I I think it seems like a coastal, cold, wet winter. So it's nice to have another Colorado day and feel like spring's coming. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, I hope you have more of them then. What a great day to do a podcast, the day that it's sunshine. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So let's hear a little bit about you. We know you're in Colorado now, but where are you from? And give us a little bit of history of Laura. Okay. Well, I was born in California and um, we moved to Pennsylvania for a couple of years. I would consider them my most formative years as far as just First and second grade, or you know, everyone has the time in their life where they feel like they really identify their lives with the most. And that for yeah. me was first yeah. and second grade. And then we moved out to Colorado and moved into a brand new suburb where everything was new sidewalks, no, no cracks in the sidewalks, no trees, no bushes or flowers. And I felt like my life had been ripped away. But oh, uh, yeah. yeah, so so we started fresh in third grade and I uh, pretty much stayed in Colorado, but I did go to college in Montana and mm. I served in uh, Youth for Christ in Southern Africa. So kind of at the end of apartheid, we had a multiracial band and I sang there and uh, made a lot of friends and that changed my life uh, extremely. I would say that would be my life changing time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that around college? It was right after college, right after I graduated. I spent almost three years there. Yeah. And what what had you decide to go just like leave and go to South Africa? Well, I was already volunteering and, and had intended to work 
with Youth for Christ in Colorado. And then I heard about this band that they had touring South Africa. And I was reading James Mishner's book, The Covenant. And so I thought, well, I'm going to go and, and join this band and be part of the changes. You know, I just, I felt like I was going to start a music career. And that was probably my biggest musical episode in my, in my life. We, you know, we were pretty famous there and I came home and I was a nobody and I wasn't going to start all over again. <laughs> oh so. no, what a letdown when <laughs> you're that young and you think I have a name. Wait, no one knows right. me. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a wonderful time though. My friends there are amazing and the work there was amazing. So I was glad to be a part of it. Oh, that sounds so cool. Are you a singer or a musician? I'm a songwriter and also I was a singer. I do harmonies now. <laughs> I don't I don't sing the leads anymore. So have you continued the songwriting or was that kind of just a, that phase of life? Um, I think it was pretty much that phase of life. I've, I've now become an editor with Capture Books. And so publishing has kind of taken over. I did some architecture in the meantime, too. So I did. Wow. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I renovated some houses. You know, there's this book called um, The Creative, uh, wait, Creating a Life Worth Living. And it talks about the phases that creatives can have you know, you're just a creative. So it's going to come out one way or the other. If one window is shut, you're going to find another one to creep through. Yeah. So did you study, what did you study in college? I studied music and Bible. Okay. So that makes for definitely a career path of architects. So <laughs> how did, how did that happen? Well, okay. So no, I didn't actually become an architect. I just renovated my houses. So nice. I renovated several houses and uh, used them for ministry purposes for uh, missionary boarding houses type okay. thing or, or people going through college or seminary. And we literally have them live with us. Now we have a retreat suite for writers. So we have an entire suite. Half of our upstairs of our house is dedicated for that purpose. And writers can come and stay and get mentored or coached in whatever phase they particularly are aiming for. And so, yeah, we still love hospitality and, and coaching and mentoring and that kind of thing. So you can just sort of see a house and visually figure out like how you can make a whole wing in that house. Well, I'm particularly interested in communities, uh, community areas and nooks and crannies creating creating atmospherics where people would want to read or write or talk and so yeah I just kind of see that and to me that seems homey and I think that's why I go back to Pennsylvania is because those old houses the old wood the old architecture the stone all of that kind of thing to me felt very anchored and community centered and so I just end up doing that in the houses that I work in. Yeah, that that's true because I just moved. I'm a Midwest girl. I was in Europe for a long time. Then we went to Texas and we just now moved to DC area. And there is a very much more European vibe here of like share the walls, you know, so the row houses, you share a wall with other people. A lot of people have other like split houses. So somebody's living in the basement or maybe even sell off like half the house where you have the Uh top two floors and yeah, it's a much, but in the Midwest, it's very much like, this is my land and we plot it out. (laughs) Yeah. Western mentality. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like the American, like we're going out West to have some land and forget about neighbors. (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's part of my growth spiritually to understand community. And so I really value community. And also, I just think that people get really depressed when they're separated or isolated from one another and they need each other. We all are, we're like dogs. We need our herd. I know. (laughs) We need our herd. We need to eat together. We need to talk. We need to laugh. We need to be challenged. We need accountability, all of that kind of thing. Yeah, my my favorite story of really understanding community and family is my father-in-law talking to me about his little village that he grew up in. And he would say, if you got in trouble at school, you not only got it from the headmaster, 
you would also pass by the priest's house and he would have found out about it by then. And the priest would, you know, shake his finger at you. And then you had to pass by all your aunts and uncles' houses. Oh, and so then funny. you would get to your mom's house. <laughs> you oh, know, then, yeah. So you've had like several discipline things going on. It's like, well, it keeps you in line. You know, it's just one of those things. It, he would always be laughing where it's just like the accountability and the help and the, you know, going over to your aunt's house to help her finish the canning and, you know, oh, not yeah. really even thinking that it's because your mom needs to work. It's just like, that's how it is. That's how we do things, you know, always checking in on each other, making sure Um, everyone's okay. You know, this, that mentality is lacking a lot of times in America. Right. Uh, Just the check on the neighbor sort of thing. We're just like, Oh, I don't want to bother you. And then you think you'll go your whole life, not bothering anyone. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's true. You can be polite and never really interact, be safe, but it's not a very dynamic community. Are you writing those stories down from your grandfather by any chance? Well, it's my father, my husband's father, and I'm okay. trying to get the family to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be, being the outsider, it's it's a little more difficult. But yeah, we found a couple pictures of him in the village. Where he's from Spain, so he would always be part of the parties that they have. They every party in Spain has bull running, and so he was always oh, part yeah. of that. So we uh-huh. found some old pictures that we're now trying to get copies of and write down the myths right now. I'm not sure how, like, and he jumped six feet in the air. Sort of like, you're like, oh, <laughs> is that true? <laughs> oh, they're fun. Well, yeah. Gather. You just don't know. I mean, some people are very agile. It could be, you know, well, when be. a bull is coming towards you, you might jump as I, high as you. <laughs> that's right. I would grab onto the rafters and just keep climbing. <laughs> keep climbing. <laughs> what you can't do in normal life, you will do with that adrenaline. Um, so yeah, we that is a family project we're trying to get. You always wish that you had done it before somebody passes, you know, but you never think of yes. it beforehand. Anyway, yeah. enough about me. Let's get back to you. Uh, so when did writing, you're a songwriter, I guess. So writing has always been a little bit a part of your life. But did you ever think yeah. that you were going to make it a big part? Yeah, I mean, I was aiming to be a musician for quite a long time in my life. And then I started realizing that, well, music morphed so much, you know, in my lifetime, it was it began as classical, then there was the folk, and then the rock, then digital music came in. I mean, that was after the electric guitars, I guess. But if you think about the progression, there's been so many technology changes in music and then genres of music change so much. So I, I felt like I was always scrambling to keep up with yeah. whatever was new. And, and by the time I would figure something out and I started recording, I just, I realized I, I wasn't on the cutting edge. I was trying, I was scrambling too much. And so I, I realized that I needed to find something else. And thankfully at that time I was married and I, and I was starting to do the architectural thing to find, you know, a way to do creative outlet through community mentoring and mentoring of artists and mentoring of people that were going to do ministry, that kind of thing. So was it easy to make that transition? Cause sometimes we feel like what we, what we, you know, had a goal towards when we're younger, like that we shouldn't give that up. We have to keep going. And sometimes we, we should give it up. So was that transition difficult? I, I definitely think that I, I, I kept thinking that it would come back. I think that there would be some kind of miracle that would happen that I would be able to continue or God would put me in touch with the right people. But, you know, I, I lived in Colorado and the right things were happening in Nashville and New York and California. And I just didn't want to move. And I also have this thing where I really, it's funny because I'm all about community, but I'm also a very private person. (laughs) And so I really didn't want to give up people that I loved and my own privacy to become, you know, pretty much a public figure. And when I really thought about where God had me placed in this world and even some of the experiences that I had in South Africa, they can be a little unnerving. To, to be a public figure and be noticed and kind of claimed by other people where you, you really don't want to give up your privacy and mm. other aspects of your life. And so 
I decided that that was better that I just, I remained behind the scenes and did things behind the scenes and kind of helped other people. And so, yeah, I gradually, that vision for my life that gradually changed and I started seeing the wisdom and different things. And I started being more flexible and pliable and changing my vision a little bit and, and uh, making it more age appropriate. And I think I've just found uh, a lot of wisdom in that. And Mm -hmm. I've settled into doing things that I really enjoy more. I think I enjoyed renovating houses. I love the smell of fresh wood. My mom was a interior designer. And so I realized that I really enjoy that kind of thing. And yeah, so so that was something that made me feel alive as opposed to being in a studio where I always got headaches. Oh, <laughs> wow. Know, recording, recording in a studio was so stressful. And uh, so monotonous and just sitting there all the time. So anyway, I I, I thought, no, I, you know, you have these goals. You think this is what it's going to be like. And then you get there and you're like, this isn't any fun. I don't really enjoy this. I don't like the way my life is going. And so you have to readjust. And I think in the readjustment, you just have a, a much fuller life. You have that experience. Yeah. And now you have something else that you actually think belongs to you more. Yeah, I think that's really wise because there are some people, I think, who know that they're a writer, singer, painter from the time they're almost, you know, in diapers, I guess. And then there are those of us who are just creatives and you just Mm -hmm. sort of hit on things and being able to look back, you kind of see, okay, I needed to go through that in order to see this. But you also have to struggle through the whole world's idea of goals and get there and stick with it and don't give up. There are times where you have to say, yeah. I'm done with that chapter. I'm yes. going to move on. Yeah. Those philosophies you're right. Am I supposed to bully through this? Am I supposed to be persevering through this or am I just supposed to be gracious and, and give it up and hand it over to someone else? And I think we're always evaluating those things. What's my part in this? What's, what's the sovereign providence of it? You know, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, and it's good to reevaluate that. I think I, I like how you think like, I, I don't actually like this. <laughs> this is giving me a headache. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. so when you're renovating houses, were you starting to write your books or was that also a sort of close the chapter and move on? It definitely was a time I was writing during that time. And so I, you know, when you're a writer, you just always write. So when I was younger, I I was a poet and then I started doing legal writing because there was a time when I was a paralegal for several years. And so then, and I hosted a writer's group in my house. And I think that was the beginning of my hospitality is just having that regular writer's group meet in mm-hmm. my house and throw things out there and get over the curve of being anxious for somebody hearing and critiquing what you have written. So then that just continued, you know, didn't, it didn't matter what phase I was in. I was either writing songs or poetry or essays or, you know, I just uh, learning and growing through that. I've never really been a, a fiction writer. You can switch genres to a certain extent, but I, I do a lot more, I guess, analysis and um, memoir type writing. Mm-hmm. And I also do a lot of I do a lot of creative writing for my authors with their book descriptions and getting out advertisements to people. They always want a certain amount of words. <laughs> That's uh, a talent. It is. And I was not good at it because I'm pretty verbose. <laughs> so it's been a, a really good exercise for me to try to get the energy and excitement and the essential keywords and all of that into two lines, you know? <laughs> I know. And it, what's funny is that Sometimes a writer that can write 400 pages of an epic fantasy can't write their own book blurb because it's just, they can't yeah. zone in. <laughs> right. And there's a technique. I mean, I've, I've discovered that there are secrets of writing different things. And so with doing your own book blurb, you have to write in third person. You have to know what kind of keywords you're looking for. You have to know what the industry is looking for. You know, what is a librarian looking for? All that kind of thing. And then, and so people will often say, well, I do this, I do that on the back of the book. And really that's not appropriate for a book description. Right. 
Right. It's interesting how this world has changed. So you've, you've seen from like this whole transition of the publishing industry. So when did you start your career as an editor or, or really understanding the publishing industry? That's interesting. Well, we had, you know, my writer's group and, and of course people would come in and out of that writer's group. But when I was doing my hospitality, this is the weirdest thing. I love how God doesn't waste anything in our lives. Everything is used somehow. So I was doing my hospitality house and there was a gal who, and I was also singing. So there was a gal who was hired to speak at this women's retreat and I was hired to do the worship for it. And so we met through that and became friends or friendly. She was a wonderful woman and her name's Tanya Blessing. So I found out that she, oh, I guess this was my 50th birthday. So she invited me and all of my best friends to come celebrate my 50th birthday at her hospitality house, which was out on the in the sticks, eastern Colorado. So we all traversed the wilderness <laughs> and went out there for a weekend party. And I really got to know her. And, and she told me she's a writer and because some of my best friends were writers. So we were talking about writing. And I said, well, would you like to come and join our writers group? I know it'd be kind of a jaunt for you to come out to Denver and join us, but if you're, you know, you're welcome to. And she jumped on that. And I was, I was so surprised because, you know, sometimes you hold people in high regard and why would they want to associate with you? And and that's kind of how I saw her. And so she did join us. And then it wasn't very long before she said, well, we're going to go to the sticks in South Africa and be missionaries. And I really feel like this is why we moved out to the sticks in Colorado was to prepare us for that move. And she said, but in the meantime, I'd really like to stop trying to send our manuscripts out to traditional publishers because we were all bemoaning the fact that the whole traditional publishing industry was falling apart. Smaller companies were being snapped up or else just dissolved by -hmm. by larger companies. And so, and we we also learned that in order to get published by these larger traditional publishing houses, you had to have a platform. They wanted to know what you've been doing, how many followers you have, are you a household name? I mean, they have their bottom line is the money, right? And so she said, we need to stop going after that kind of publishing and start our own publishing company. We need to learn to mentor other young women. Her her goal was specifically for young women. And not that it's actually been more of a female publishing company, but I'm very much... Um, equal, equal opportunity there. So, but she said, well, if you could publish my book, by the time I get back from South Africa next year, then we could hold an event and we could invite all these people that want to be published authors to our event. And we could train them on some of these things. And so everybody said, yes, we voted on the name, capture books, everything was great. Nobody did anything. And I said, Chrome, this is going to, it's going to be me. And I did not want to do it, man. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. I was so afraid. And I thought finally, and this gets me in trouble all the time. How hard could it be? Just try it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was my idea too. (laughs) Hard could it be? So, you know, I, I, I jumped on the publishing side. I found which one I wanted to go with and, and I learned how to, I learned metadata, I learned keywords, I learned how to input the book and how to get the template for the cover. I learned all that stuff. And I thought, yay, I've got it. So we published Tanya's first book, which was The Whispering of the Willows. And we published uh, Lynn Bick's book, Mr. B, which is M-I-S-T-E-R-B, Living with a 98-Year-Old Rocket Scientist, which is what I was thinking of when you were telling me your father-in-law Uh, have these stories because those stories are so valuable and so interesting to people that are living in this day and age, what it was like in the greatest generation time. So the cold war and the wars and and their wisdom, the way they looked at life. So anyway, we published Mr. B living with a 98 year old rocket scientist. And then we published our first volume of the Psalm hymns. So we had a novel, a memoir and a reference book. And then we sat back and waited for, waited for the accolades and waited for the sales. And that's when I realized full on that this is why publishers, especially Vantage Publishing Groups, 
do not do anything more than, you know, slap a cover on a book and, and say, here you go. For us, we decided we had to do marketing. We had to do publicity. We had to do advertising. We had to learn social media. Oh, I did not want to get on social media. I did not. I ran away from Facebook. All these things were counterintuitive to me. I kind of had to learn and master and uh, I'm still learning because things change all the time. The rules change of the game. The algorithms change. So I'm, I'm constantly learning, but our group decided we were going to help each other. And so that's what we did. We just started getting more authors. We started helping one another. We started learning to blog, doing content marketing, all of that kind of thing. And so I always tell the authors, this is, this is your launch point. You can say, I have this under my belt. It was well edited. It was, it was marketed. We, we have some sales. I, I learned how to do author presentations and author signings. I learned how to present myself at festivals and book expos and, you know, seminars, that kind of thing. And then when somebody from maybe a bigger publishing company, a traditional house would come and approach them, they would have their, their platform. They would have their following established. They have their contact list. They do their e-blasts. So I'm still not one of these people that I feel like I wanted. Well, I'm getting to kind of a retirement age where I feel like I can do this as part-time thing in, you know, forever because now I know it. Yes. <laughs> but I'm, also, I'm also getting to the place where, you know, I, I didn't want to do this. I feel like uh, it's been a ministry on my part to serve my authors. And I, I've kind of fallen in love with them all. Um, they each have such unique voices and, and gifts. And so, and I love watching them help one another and edit for one another and, and, you know, share the costs and some big thing. I love going to events with them where we get, it's like a, a sleepover party, <laughs> you know? So yeah. there's a lot of benefits to being in a small publishing group. And I, I love that. So I feel like it's been a calling that I never would have chosen for myself. And yet I, I think I'm pretty much uniquely gifted to do it right now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy I mean, it's that. no small thing to be, I, cause your generation, like I was on the cusp of all that technology and it hit everyone yeah. hard. Right. Like, I mean, my kids are way further ahead than me, but my mom scrambles to keep up, you know, and mm. just like. And she, she worked in the nursing industry and she said she came to the decision a few years ago for retirement. Like she just couldn't keep up with the changes happening so quickly. So, I, I mean, 50 still young right. these days, but it's still like, oh, I'm going to go out and learn all these things that will probably change in six months and I'll have to relearn. Yeah. Them again. <laughs> yeah. You kind of feel like, what's the point? Because everything's going to change. And, and I, you know. It is work. I have to say it's so much work to keep up and to, to do your best with it and then re realize the rules of change next month. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like maybe the younger generation just thinks that how that's how the world has always worked. So maybe they're, you know, for, but for kind of like 35 and older, we're like, no, that's not how it worked before. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. I didn't used to have to tell you what I had for breakfast just so that you'd follow me. You know, I, I have a love hate relationship with social media as well, but it sounds like your, your publishing company is really unique though, yeah, because I've talked is. to a couple different hybrid publishers and they don't have that community that you right. have. Yeah. Yeah. Did that's that just happen that naturally? Well, that's what I mean, that God doesn't waste anything. He put yeah. that on my heart early on in my okay. life. You know, yeah, he's always given me wonderful friends and wonderful mentors. And that's one of the, I think, the richest parts of my life is my own community. And I just want to share the love, you know. So I think that does set us apart. And it kind of hurts my feelings. And I feel like I can't... Um, I can't defend us as a company when people are, are, are kind of decrying that hybrid companies are just like Vantage Press and all they want is your money and that kind of thing. And I just say, you know, I, I work my butt off for people and I, I do it because I love them. And so if I, if I do choose, like if we decide we're going to go into a contract together, I always, I do it partially from a gut level of, I love this. I've always had a heart for American Indians, Native American Indians, and felt like God was going to use that somehow in my life. And it, it kind of never happened until just this last year 
where we had a new author approach me because I'd I'd written a question on Facebook about have you have you ever thought about going one direction uh, felt like God created you to go one direction and then he completely rewrote the rules and you went another direction I was kind of thinking about my own life and wondering has anybody else experienced that and this girl um, Jenny Fulton responded and she said I have a I have that story myself and so we started private messaging and then we started emailing. And then she told me, you know, she had quite an experience with blogging already. She'd already had her book. She'd she'd ghostwritten another book called The Quest, uh, kind of a young people's fantasy. So I said, well, send me some, send me some stuff. And so she sent me her, part of her memoir that she was had already started writing. And then she sent me some ideas for children's books. So she was part Navajo. She's, she's part of the Navajo Nation. And uh, I, I was generally very taken with her talent and her skill and her heart for Native American Indians. So she's written this book called Princess Lillian and Grandpa's Goodbye, which is, you know, Christian tra- traditions and, and beliefs about passing into eternal life combined with the Navajo traditions of grief and death and family community. And it's such a beautiful little children's book. So that's that's my first. I, I've. I feel so good about helping her because that was something in my gut level that just responded yeah. and resonated with what she wanted to do and who she was. So, you know, that's kind of how it works. If I really love your vision and, and love who you are, I'll, I'll help you all I can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been talking lately to people about communities because that was kind of my 2020 epiphany is like writing is something we do. And a lot of our art, we do alone. You know, no one else can type the keys, (laughs) pick up the pen. You kind of have to do that yourself. You have the story in your head. But the, like we were talking about before, your book blurbs, sometimes your own book title, how to get your platform out. If you don't surround yourself with people who some of them know more than you and -hmm. some of them at your same level who have that energy to help each other. Yeah you're probably in this day and age going to remain unknown at least, you know, and I mean, I don't even know if anyone's going to get as famous as people used to get, you know, where it was a very small percentage that are so famous, but now at least we're kind of spreading ourselves out and we, we can find our readers, but you have to work your behind off. Yeah. And you do nothing else. If you don't get any help from anyone. Yeah. And it's not only the working, it's the learning. You know, you have to take these seminars, you have to take workshops, you have to learn. And that's ours right there. And then you have yeah. to set up set up the software or set up the, the social media or whatever it is. You have to set it up and then you can implement what you've learned, you know. And then even then you, you just struggle with tooting your own horn. Yes. It's just awkward, awkward to say, buy my book, buy my book. Look, I'm an author now. You know, but it's, it's just, so much easier to say, buy my friend's book. Yes. I love her book. Yes. It's wonderful that way. And then it also helps with, you know, on good Goodreads or when people Google a title, they'll say, oh, other people have been talking about this on social media because it'll say talking about, you know. <laughs> right. You know, so that that just really helps. Yes. And it's difficult to get you might have a following on Instagram or Facebook or your newsletter, but it's difficult to get people to answer because we're all so yeah. busy <laughs> kind of tooting our own horn, trying to, yeah. to kind of build that platform, you know, whereas yeah. if you have a group of people who are answering you because they're committed to your success, right. That's going to help your, the algorithm, you know, we got to, right. we got to play the game of the algorithm. There's no getting yeah. around that. Yeah. So, so our publishing group started out of our book club, which was already very committed to one another. And so now we're able to do this thing that feels very counterintuitive. I struggle with it so much because I'm out there helping other people all the time, but I've written my own book. And so I'm, I always think, well, how, who's going to toot my horn? Who's going to get out there and help me, you know? So, so it's just, it's human nature. We're kind of all narcissists. (laughs) And I think that's, that's what Christianity teaches us is that we have to be for one another. We have to learn to trust one another. We have to be trustworthy ourselves. 
And then we have to, you know, serve one another in love. That's just what it is. And so being a Christian publishing company is just a nucleus of that idea. Yeah, absolutely. I was also thinking as you're talking, like the celebration part of it has got to be pretty great too. Because when you finish your book all by yourself and you're like, yay, nobody's Uh here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you post yourself opening your book and then the video is off and you think, now what? I know. Who's should I post here? it again? There wasn't enough accolades. <laughs> you should do it again. Yeah, yeah. You know, but to have a group where you could call and be like, look, yeah. yes. and that celebration is so necessary because if yeah. you're an author, most likely you're going on to write another book, but you should, you should take the win and celebrate yes. it. And yeah, you have to make a landmark out of it. You have to be able to say, oh, I did that. And, and I remember this celebration. I remember this event as being significant. Yeah. That's so how many, how many authors now in your, your website's full of books and authors but around <laughs> about how many, how many authors or books have you guys published? We've, uh, we've published about 10 authors and so far all the authors just keep publishing through us. So, and I I just tell them, look, you don't have to publish through me. There's probably other deals out there or, you know, we, in fact, sometimes I do send their work to bigger publishing companies and just say, this person's ready to be picked up. And, but mainly they just say, do you mind if, could we just do this again? (laughs) I love you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So have you guys started the, um, you said you had like a writing suite where have you started that where people come? Yeah, we've had a couple you? people come and we have another, uh, we have actually Jenny Fulton who wrote Princess Lillian. She's coming in April. Yeah, so we, we're we just starting actually. It, it got up and running later in the year, last year. And so we've just had a couple people so far, but it's it's been good. That's cool. So is the idea there for them to just have a space where they get to write and then they can kind yeah. of come out and and either cry on your shoulder or jump up and down about the great things that they've written or, or are there classes involved or, or specific training involved? What I've done so far is ask people to identify, like write, write a list before they get here. And then we'll just try to get through as much as we can. And of course, when they have questions and I have other questions or else I have other ideas on something. And so it's, it's kind of a, a, a joint effort you know if they want to be here but they have to go through this loop in order to get there then I'll help them you know the last gal that was here I, I helped her set up her account on on mailer light and, and link all her social media so that when she posted one thing that it would post to other things and it would be less time because she's also working full-time and she just needed to have those things in place so that she could generate her e- emails and and post one time on social media and it would go elsewhere, you know? So we, yeah. we did several things like that, that she just couldn't do on her own. And so, and then we, we went through and started um, creating her book. So her first edit and the first, you know, content we, we went through and try to hone it and make it the right amount of pages and all of that. So we got quite a bit of, of work done for her. And I, I just love that. I love watching somebody, go from point A to (laughs) point G. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's huge because a lot of times that's all those little things. I don't know how many times I sit down to do one thing and then you realize you have like five steps in between that because you got to link it or there's a broken link. By the time you get there, you're laid flat. (laughs) Did I even do that right? I don't know. (laughs) I know. It's all an experiment. I love the I love the philosophy in uh, marketing that you you do test marketing all the time. You do test you know A test B and see which one works out. You know, yes. And, yes. and I think well that's that's the entire life of a creative right there. You know, do we ever really arrive? No, we don't. <laughs> but it's it, it's nice to have someone next to you to sort of be like, I don't understand what that sentence means. Because so, sometimes uh-huh. things that can sound great to you, because you mm-hmm. know the whole backstory in your brain. <laughs> it's yeah. like the other person will be like, what? What do you talk? Or like, yeah. or that sounds great. So just having that banter yeah. or, oh gosh, not going down the rabbit hole of Google to be like, how do I link Mailer Light to Instagram? And Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
There are lots of not fun things to do. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, me being a content editor, I can get lots of things into something, but I have a real difficult time going from the awkward to the elegant and, and having something read well. And so that's what, um, one of my authors, Kathy Joy, she writes gift books and she, her, she's always coming up with these wonderful phrases like speak wonder or everyday celebrations. I mean, she just comes up with these phrases and so I asked her, would you please just go through my book again? I've had it edited, but it's just awkward. I try to fit way too much into one sentence. So she's going through and that's what we're doing, hoping to get my book being creative out by the end of April, just doing that last proofread to smooth out the sentences and make it more readable. <laughs> right. Or just make it more, yeah, maybe not even readable, but accessible to somebody who didn't live your life. You know, memoir is difficult. I think it's a really, it doesn't come naturally to most of us. So, and even those who, who have mastered it, I assume that they had a training period. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, some people just make these beautiful turn of phrases and Mm -hmm. I'll always be jealous of them because, (laughs) yes, because I'm very wordy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, I'm like James Joyce with my 1500 words in one sentence, but memoir is a special thing that I think benefits from somebody else helping and pointing things out. And I love to tell and remind writers, it doesn't mean that you didn't write the book. It just means that you're getting some input. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And people, they get inspired as they're reading your book and they want to hear something a little bit more about this, or they want it to be tied up in a nice little bundle at the end, you know, make your point clear. Yeah. You, you've walked all around it. So what's, what's the actual point here? <laughs> yes. Yes. And it takes other people reading it to, to help you with that. Yeah. Cause you're too close. It's just like, yeah. no, I've lived this whole life. I have, you know, it's going cross-eyed from how close you are and just right. having them pull out a little bit and say, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about this book. What what was the background to you writing it and how how was writing it? That that kind of came out because in my Bible school training I was taught all kinds of theology, you know, who God is, what the Bible is, who Jesus is, what soteriology and you know all of this kind of stuff, but in even in the anthropology courses we weren't really taught about creativity. And it's one of those subjects that gets avoided. You, when you go to a church or a place of worship, they're they're talking all kinds. Of, they talk mostly about you know theology or else application to your daily life. But creativity sort of gets sidelined or marginalized. And I notice even creative people in churches get kind of used. And I love church. I'm very much committed to Christian, but I also struggle with the idea that. Churches are often built into empires based on the creative people who are not really paid. Who don't get paid. <laughs> for their services, they're, you know? So, so it's yeah. one of those things that it's, I have a love-hate relationship with some of the traditions that, we, that we've grown up with, but I hadn't explored it myself. And then I went to this homeschooling conference and at the homeschooling conference, they asked me why I was selling, I, I hadn't written the fiction books, but I was selling some of my author's fiction books. And they said, well, you know, how can you be a Christian and write fiction or fantasy? And yeah, I was taken back. I was totally taken back. I, I was, I thought, what do C. I have to C.S. Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so I thought, I have to deal with this. I have to deal with what I believe, you know? And so I thought the most important thing is in the beginning, God created. That was his priority to create. He made us and he made us in his image, which makes us creative. And so I just started writing this book and it came down to also like first John or just uh, John one, John one, where it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And so I think about the word as being, you know, the logos, it's his best argument put forward in Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ was our creator too, because Colossians talks about Jesus Christ being the one who holds everything together, the one who was at the beginning creating. 
And so I just started using those, like that trifecta of verses and started applying them to encouraging creative people to be all they can be, that that's God's priority in their life. They don't have to go out and evangelize people or save them. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But that we actually are meant to just to just flesh out our own creativity and who who he created us to be. Just go and experiment and and figure out what you were meant to do. And so it's very biblically based, but it, it's biblically based in a different way than what you would imagine because I take those verses that mean so much to me as a creative and as a biblical Christian to give a launch pad for creative people to say, you know, you don't have to you don't have to feel like you're less than like, you know, you're second, you're second on God, you're, you're, you're God's second child, but really he <laughs> likes the first one better. You know, <laughs> I think I lived a lot of my life feeling like I need to be in the shadows. I can't really tell people what I'm doing or who I am or how many hours I wrestle with these things because nobody cares. And, and what difference does it make anyway? But it was so important to me. And so to find out that it's that important to, to God it's, it's his priority. I mean, creation for him came before salvation. Salvation is part of his creative plan. So to me, it's like, oh, what an aha moment. And I wanted to, I wanted to give that aha experience to creatives and also just to give them some basics that, you know, how to honor God in that and, and how he wants to work through us. So that's how that book came up. That's out. a really cool story. I'm very saddened by the homeschooling conference, but I like I like the ending. <laughs> but it's it's true. I mean, it's a struggle. I think that the church should figure out. I think they understand music as a yeah. creativity. Yes, they um, do. Yeah. But it has to be a certain kind of music. Yes, yeah, that's right. There's a whole yeah. genre of, of Christian worship music. But you know yeah. who who of us? Why do we love other kinds of music? It's because all all music can teach us and and can open our minds. It opens different hemispheres of our brain to learn and and enjoy and create. I don't know if you're like this, but sometimes when I'm reading, I have to throw the book down so I can create something. You know, yes. <laughs> or if I'm listening to music, I have to pull over to the side of the road and start scribbling things down because artistry just it creates new art it's just this cyclical thing that when we feed it it just keeps growing and creating new things yeah knowing men in my life and <laughs> I love to read David we all love David right even yeah. with all his imperfections and he wrote all these psalms which yes. praises to God and that's awesome but I cannot imagine that around the campfire with his guys he didn't have some <laughs> other kind of funny folkish yeah. Other yeah. songs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that image. That's a great image. I just it's can't so imagine cool. him being like, oh no, my liars only for the temple. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. They're humans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm sure the one was his heartbeat, but the other one is just natural. It's just human. It's yeah. just fun. You want to have fun. And and that's another thing I discuss in my book is is humor, because that was another thing that was a big stumbling block for the church uh, is that you know humor was basically sacrilegious there were punishments if you used humor in the pulpit or you know and I thought why does God have to give us chapter and verse for being funny we have children we have animals he he uses that I think he kind of assumed that he didn't have to put it into words that he created this world with such beauty and humor that why does he have to give us chapter and verse to sanctify it you know There are some great passages in Job about ostriches and horses and things like that. And I, I think there's there's humor. And I love this verse. It says in, in Job, man is born for trouble as sparks fly upward. I think that's hilarious. And I, I think, I, yeah, I think Job is very lyrical. It's very, oh, epic. it's yeah, it's majestic. And it inspires me so much. But there's some funny things in there, too. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's like the epic Greek, you know, yeah. mythology. Yeah. Um, I mean, Oedipus comes to mind only because that's what we're all made to read, you know, but I mean, you read Job and you're like, this is a good writer here. And oh my gosh, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot in here. Yeah. <laughs> Besides the whole story, you know, but just and, the way it's written. And when I read Jonah, 
too. Jonah's like that too, because, you know, God is playing with Jonah. Jonah's like, no, I'm not going to Nineveh. No, and you're risking my life for what? And then, you know, do you realize what these people have done to you? And then, you know, God sit, he grows that vine up to shade yes. him from the sun. And then he, and then he withers it. And Jonah says, hello, I'm still here. Are you going to kill me? And, and God says, basically, I'm God and you're not, you know? And I think it's irony. And some of the deeper, I mean, God has some black humor too, but I just think that we need to explore these things and not just continually reiterate as as Christians what we're preconceived to say. You know, if you're a Christian writer, you have to only talk about the, the death and resurrection of Christ. There's so much more. The whole Bible, why did why the whole Bible exist if we're not supposed to use it for, you know, some of our deeper writing and blacker writing and all of that kind of stuff, you know? Well, because life happens. You yeah. know, one of my favorite albums is a very obscure album that I picked up from a church in Kansas City. And it's just this man's grief album of oh, losing wow. his child. And it's and it's oh. really it's tough to listen to on it because it's so raw, but yeah. it's not worship music, you right. know, but it's where he, what he needed to make in that moment. And yeah, it, even if you're writing, writing fiction books, it doesn't have to always be so blatant what your mm-hmm. beliefs are. Right. We, we experience so many things in life. Mm-hmm. We don't have to write about just one aspect of that. Mm-hmm. So I love that you're, you're writing this book. And do you know when it's coming out? I'm hoping by the end of April. Okay. So yeah, I'm doing a book launch. Actually, yeah, I'm starting the book launch. So, you know, writing a book is kind of a a, <laughs> a walk in faith. You have these goals set and these dates and the release and drop dates and all of that. And you're like, oh God, help me get there. <laughs> is it April already? Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> so the the book launch is right now. Where where can people go and find out more about your book launch? It's on the Books for Bonding Hearts site on Facebook, and it's under the events section. And all of our all of our book launches are under there, so you can find different book launches and book tours and that kind of thing under the events section. Okay, I'll have all the links in the show notes so people can go and check it out. And your Capture Books is the name of the publishing company. Um, the right. website is capturemebooks.com and you're the editor right. for that. So if anybody feels like this is the kind of publishing company that's for them, is that where you would encourage them to go? Yeah, I would definitely have them look at what we're producing so far. And we definitely have holes in our genres. There, there are things that I would like to publish that we haven't yet addressed. And, and we have a pretty good... Um, lineup for children's books. So it seems like we're doing a lot more children's books right now, but I'm very much interested and open to other kinds of genres that, yeah, send me your manuscripts for sure. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'll send them to Capture Me Books and then also tag you. You say you're on every social media despite <laughs> despite <Yeah>. the reluctance. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Yes, it's a love-hate relationship. I've met wonderful people. You and I met over social media, so I love that right. blessing. Oh, I was so excited to find you. I was so excited. I thought, oh, this girl has the same, she has the same heartbeat as me. I I can't believe it. So I think I contacted you because I was like, I'm so excited to, to hear about your podcast. And I listened to several of them right off the bat. <laughs> Oh, fine. I know. And social media is so great because otherwise, Virginia, Colorado, we'd never meet, you know. Right, so. exactly. That's true. There's benefits. <laughs> I have to be grateful for it and have one end. And then as I'm scheduling everything and being like, ha. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, well. And then it will all change next year, I'm sure. We'll be like <laughs> doing some Star Trek something. <laughs> Like, what is that pixelating into people's homes or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just waiting yeah. for that one. <laughs> Kat, well, what, is, what is your book? Have you have you published your book? Yeah, so I have historical fiction that I'm revamping for this summer. I have mm-hmm. a fantasy magical realm. That's what we call it, I guess. Wonderful. Yes, finding That's all the, the genres. The no, an audience with the king. But finding, okay. finding the genre for that was fun. Yes. I'm oh. sure you, 
Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's right. You're yeah. like, it's fantasy. Oh, wait, there's 20 different subgenres under fantasy. I must- Isn't that weird? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I must find this, you know, how do I do this right? And then my, um, I don't stick to a genre. So I have a contemporary women's fiction coming out in September. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> I like, great. I like to make things difficult for myself. <laughs> But so are you under Catherine Caldwell or Cat or do you have a ghost writer? Yeah, I mean, I have the LLC. So it's Cat Caldwell. My LLC is Ladwell Publishing. Okay. I I don't publish anybody else. I only publish myself. (laughs) I don't know. That's fine. I just wanted to find you because I knew I knew that I would like you. So (laughs) yeah, no pen names. I can't keep them all straight. I didn't take my husband's um, name. So my kids have hyphenated names if I added one more name I'd be lost I'd be like who is this person very confusing (laughs) (laughs) who am I I don't know what are we doing (laughs) well I've had such a great time talking with you Laura I'm so glad that we got to meet oh me too thank you so much for this opportunity I've really enjoyed it Hey, you're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.